1: Hello and welcome to the Roto-Viz College Football Fantasy Podcast. I'm your host, Stéphane Lacoe, joined by my co host, Matt Wispay. This podcast is being brought to you by Blue Wire, Indeed, and Bet Online. Please stop everything, stop what you're doing right now. Hit pause, go follow Wispy the Kid on Twitter. Make sure you are catching all of his excellent articles, all of his great tweets. You don't want to miss anything. And uh, while you're there, you can follow me at Stayfun but let's get into the show. We've got a good one. We're going to go through some news and notes, talk about some of the big movements around the leagues, and of course, get into our week 11 recap, and then look to the future, give you some of our thoughts on the big games, and then talk, of course, about the locks. God damn it. Poland just scored against the Netherlands. <laughs> We're down 1-0 in the Euro Nations League. I'm upset. But how are you, Matt? Uh better than you apparently uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh i hate soccer soccer is it'll get
2: you cuz well i mean in fairness at least you're rooting for a team that's like fun and has good players my I, I don't know if our listeners know this season ticket holder to uh the worst mls team in the league fc cincinnati that was uh but at a least
1: At least the USA is looking good these days. They got a fun young group of players all playing in Europe for the most part. It's very, very good times. It's fun
2: that we have to say that they're so good. They had to leave our country to go play somewhere where they (laughs) could actually get good.
1: Yeah, we should probably start talking about the football that our our listeners are here to listen to. Uh, But anyway... (laughs) yeah, I'm 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 reeling right now. So forgive me if I'm uh, distracted. Anyhow, uh, we, let's just jump out uh, the gate with some some of the big news. We've got a ton. It's only Wednesday afternoon, and we have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine games already canceled or postponed. Utah State, Wyoming, UAB, UTEP, Houston, SMU, Navy, Southern Florida, Wake, Duke. That one bummed me out because that was gonna be <laughs> that was gonna be high flying for Wake. Uh, Charlotte, Marshall, Ole Miss, Tamu. Another game I was disappointed to see off the slate: ULM against uh, Louisiana Tech, and then Arizona State against uh, Colorado. Uh, Man, Arizona State might not be playing football at all. But this is all, you know, kind of par for the course now. But man, I feel like every week we're seeing more and more games get canceled earlier and earlier in the week. Um, Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what you think about this. You, you, you nervous at all that we're gonna, you know, miss out on some serious football? What rest of the way?
2: I mean, probably we're going to lose that. We probably are going to lose out on quite a few games. The truth is, is when you look out, when you look at the COVID numbers in the country right now, we're spiking like crazy. We're seeing the, over the summer, I thought we were getting high numbers when we were getting 70,000 cases per day. And now we're getting 100,000 more than that per day. And at least we've had that once. Um, it It's just worth noting, like, yeah, we're probably going to see a lot of cases, but as long as programs, I think part of this was, there was a big i don't i hate just like attributing it to something but i feel like halloween probably mattered like the fact that halloween came right. and you had all these teams that kind of didn't care and these teams that already realized that their playoff chances were over they said why do i need to skip halloween forget that i see everyone else partying i'm going to go party didn't think much of it didn't think there was any chance they could catch covid caught it now you get a little outbreak And it's really unfortunate, but it's kind of just reality. I think the truth is is that we're going to see a lot of cancellations, but the programs that... I mean, you notice it's not the programs that are really competing at this point that are having these major issues. I mean, yeah, Arizona State seems a little bit surprising just because, I mean, they were only 0-1, so it's it's not like their season was over by any means. But, yeah, I will say that the Pac-12 did a... uh, I mean, they did a big... Move today, announcing that they could um, schedule at a they they got rid of the ban on non-conference games. So they're actually, right. if they do run into an issue where Tuesday morning you find out that if you're Colorado um, that they can't play, then you can go and schedule Liberty. You can go, or you, I mean, probably not Liberty, but you can go schedule somebody who has an open week. You can go schedule Chattanooga just to get another game out there, and so that'll. That type of flexibility is at least positive to see. So I don't yeah.
1: know. Here they were they were clamoring, because I'm in Colorado. I, I live of just 20 minutes uh from the the Buff stadium. Uh they were clamoring to try to get Ole Miss Colorado on the slate and uh <laughs> like the fans around here. That would have been a fun game because Colorado has been pretty good. They've been able to move the ball on offense. Uh the uh the the safety turned QB has been able to do fairly well. And uh man, that would have been just <laughs> two two high flying offenses at the moment that would have been fun but i don't think that's going to happen uh but speaking of the pack 12 larry scott the commissioner um he's asked the college football playoff uh, management committee to delay the playoff so that some of these teams that are losing games uh, maybe have some time later to you know make them up and uh get a better shot at making the playoff so i think i think it's maybe a little bit too late but i know they're going to be discussing that um again think- we're recording on wednesday i think they're discussing that this afternoon.
2: I don't think they're going to make that decision by like this weekend. I do think that um, over the past probably two weeks or so, um, they've started to show a little bit of flexibility on that front. I would say three to four weeks ago, if you'd asked me if the committee was even going to con- going to consider the idea of pushing back their playoff decision or push back any of the schedule at all, I, I would have told you there's absolutely no chance there. They seem lock set in whatever they're going to do. But I mean, it just seems like, there's a little bit of smoke out there that at least they're considering it because they do want... I mean, I think realistically they see USC with six games go. Is USC one of the four best teams? There's a chance. Is Ohio State is Ohio State just going to get uh, go through this run of a schedule where they lose a bunch of games? And I just think they don't want to have to go up there and say, oh, well, we're going to put in this this team that's played five games compared to a team that's played 12. Right. Um, so I, I think they're we're probably seeing a little bit of that. Like I said, I don't think it's going to be a decision that's made before Saturday, but I wouldn't be shocked if by sometime mid next week, we get a a decision that they push back the, their decision day or whatever to two weeks from now. But I mean, we say this like it's super easy. The logistical nightmare that's going to come from like I, whatever bowl season looks like this year, which bowl season probably shouldn't exist in its current face. It should probably be like, people just randomly schedule an extra game of the year. Yeah. There's a bowl season for this year. It's going to be complete chaos. um, And whatever scheduling things that the playoff does, it's probably going to be a logistical nightmare.
1: And and the bowl season starts, I think, before like the Pac-12 championship is even supposed to be played. So it's all very, very strange. Uh, let's uh, move on to some other some more uh, players and coaches news. Uh, there's rumblings around uh, Georgia that JT Daniels might finally get his uh, first start of the year. That would be interesting. Uh, I don't know how likely it is, but it certainly uh, wouldn't be uh, wouldn't be something that people let me put it another way. I think Georgia fans would be happy to see JT Daniels get the start uh, given what has been going on, the quarterback position.
2: Yeah. I mean, you, you definitely don't want to see more Dwan Mathis or Stetson Bennett out there if you're a Georgia fan, but I don't know. I mean, I don't, I don't, I'm not going to sit here and say that I'm like super optimistic about that because I, I continue to think that there's, there's a reason he isn't playing right now. And I don't necessarily think it's entirely due to injury. Um, but hopefully, hopefully we see him. I I think he makes them more fun. I think he makes them a legitimate team. (laughs) Like it's, it's weird to say that a team that's as good as they are, isn't has basically no upside, but I I would say right now they have basically no upside and yeah, I mean, hopefully, hopefully we see him. He used to be really
1: fun. Yeah, totally, totally agree. Um, Justin flow, uh, linebacker, uh nice. freshman phenom for the University of Oregon is out for the year. That's unfortunate uh for yours truly. He 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 is uh he's a dynamic player. He has a long future ahead of him though. So uh we'll get to see him in the future. Uh the big news, kind of surprising some, uh myself included. I thought they'd at least wait till the end of the year, but Will Mustchamp fired at South Carolina. Uh, What did you think of that? And then I was also curious, just kind of based on that, what other coaches do you think are on the hot seat? And do you think we see some more midseason firings? Or do you think most teams, given like the strangeness of this season, do you think most coaches will be safe through the end of the regular season?
2: I think most coaches are going to be safe this year. I do think that you're going to see a lighter coaching carousel than you see most years, only because, number one, Teams don't really want to pay buyouts this year. I think that's the more underrated part of this is that a lot of these schools are saying that they're losing a hundred million dollars because they're not putting yeah. like fans in. They're they're having all this. You don't want to toss in a ten thousand or ten thousand. You take a ten thousand dollar loss to buy out everyone, but you maybe you don't want to pay ten million dollars to make a coach go away. Um, so I do think that you're gonna to start to see lighter ones. Uh, as for Muschamp, I'm a little surprised. Not because I don't, not because I think he deserves to keep his job there. Not because I think um, he is like some amazing coach, but he had a decent. I mean, he had a decent recruit for next season, the twenty twenty two. He has his kind of QB of the future, um, a five star kid that he got to commit to South Carolina. So I thought maybe they would kind of push him along a little bit longer, maybe give him through next year. Just the the idea of let's get this kid to actually sign the dotted line. Um, which sounds incredibly dirty to like say that's how this all goes, but it probably does. Um, right. But then you've got things like, I, I mean, it. I don't know. It, it's hard to say. He's just, he wasn't a guy that there's any real harm in firing him because he's not this great coach. And I think you can probably, we always like to say like, well, who are you going to replace him with? I think you can replace Will Muschamp with somebody who is equally as good for your program. So probably not a huge loss. And, who knows South Carolina cares about football a whole lot for someone who's pretty mediocre. Maybe they don't mind swallowing the contract. Um, sure. As for other coaches on the hot seat. I mean, there's the obvious names. There's the Tom Herman. Honestly, if, if they, if they can get the money for his buyout and the boosters are pushing for it, Tom Herman will not be the head coach next season. I, I don't even think that's a surprise at this point. I don't no, think he can do we, anything. We liked
1: job. we liked the hire originally. I think he was a great um, hire. But do it's you? Not yeah, right now. yeah. Do you think it's a Texas problem or a Herman problem? What What do you think is going on here? Because uh, it seems like everyone wants Texas to become relevant again, or just isn't happening. Uh, do you think there's more going on, or do you think it is uh, they've just gotten unlucky with a couple of coaches that they've been hiring? It's a hard job. Because you kind of have to do
2: everything. like we always think it's super easy to be um, the blue blood, be the USC, be the um, Ohio State, be the Alabama. But when you are like or when you're when you're Texas, if you miss out on one of the top five recruits in your state, it's it's highlighted on the front page top five player in right. the state leaves to go
1: to somewhere else and blah blah. So I mean that just have... that just happened like a week and a half or two weeks ago. Yeah. The number I mean, one quarterback leaves and everyone's like, oh my God, Texas is falling apart, doom and gloom.
2: I mean, yeah, it's cause he's gonna go to Ohio State. Not <laughs> he is. He will end up with a commitment with Ohio State, just throwing that out there. But um like it's it's a difficult job because not only do you have to you pretty if you go, I mean, he's not that different than Michigan. Like realistically texas right now is probably a program that you're a nine win team every year and you would like to get to 10 and you'd like to compete for a big 12 championship every other year ish like that's probably what you're doing and based on records he's he's a little bit underperforming but i don't think he's like dramatically underperforming but texas fans want results immediately like you can't Mm -hmm. you can't have a um you can't have a down year if you're Texas because all of a sudden it's just, it's in the spotlight. And if you get back to back down years, oh my goodness, the world is ending. So it's just, I mean, it's a tough job. There's a reason why Mac Brown, who's killing it at North Carolina basically got run out. There's a reason why Charlie strong who was an absolutely like monster with Louisville came there and just got killed. It's, it's just not an easy job and I'm not sure that there's, there's probably only like four or five coaches out there who are capable of doing that job. So yeah, I mean, I, I think it's a good hire. I think anyone who they can, I, I think he was the right idea because he was recruiting focused, but then he's running. The issue I have with him is that he's still running Urban Meyer's offense. He very hmm. much wants to run the spread him out, and run the quarterback. So he's still running like a power run offense, but he's just not doing it with the traditional style. It's an offense that worked five to six years ago, but now it's, it's really starting to become a relic again. Um, yeah. So I, I just think he struggled. Um, the other name, Jim Harbaugh. I, I don't know if Jim Harbaugh will get fired, but if Jim Harbaugh is the coach for Michigan in 2022, I think it's a surprise at this point. Um, and as
1: a Ohio state fan, you'd probably be happy with it. I'm guessing. No,
2: I mean, I want Jim Harbaugh to still be there. He, he yep. can't beat Ohio state. So, yep. um, that, and then, I know everyone's going to just immediately point to James Franklin because he's having such an atrocious year. I would be flabbergasted if they moved on from him. He's been so good for them, and the only criticism you can have of him right now is this team seems to have given up on him a little bit, and his recruiting for next year isn't very good. Beyond that, James Franklin has been everything you want and more for that program. So, uh,
1: Yeah, I think their big problem is they just haven't been able to recruit a, a great quarterback and i mean that's been their their defense has been solid um they've, they've had good skill position players uh for the most part but qu- quarterback always seems to be a little bit lacking in my opinion they once had justin fields committed well that's true <laughs> as far as quarterbacks on on the field um can i can we talk about uh whether or not uh Slovis is any good because i'm good. not so sure he is. he is i think he is good but i i,
2: I mean, is he I've injured?
1: Been... is he confused? He has not looked like himself. I don't think he's uh, thrown a touchdown pass in the first three yes, quarters of no. any game this year he he just has not been able to do much.
2: How many passing yards per game do you think he's averaging so far?
1: I don't actually know.
2: He's averaging like 350 passing yards per game in the first two games. It's he yes, it's really easy to say that he doesn't look like the spectacular quarterback that we all think can be the number one quarterback in his class. You're right. He does not look like that. He has 706 yards passing, he's averaging a little over seven yards per an attempt and has uh is completing 71.4% of his passes. I get it. I, I'm right there with the announcers who are wondering if he's hurt. Um, I'm right there, wondering what's going on. How does he not exploit this um, this amazing uh, wide receiver room that he has and just make everyone look silly? I get it, but I think he's still good. But I just i I've been questioning him for a while because I just don't necessarily think he is anything beyond the air raid offense. And mm-hmm. I, I I don't know. We'll see. I, this week gonna be telling because this is actually. It's a matchup that looks difficult on paper, but he's going up against a defense that's replacing nine starters. If he yep. can't look amazing this weekend, I would be a little bit little bit worried if you're all in on Kedon Slovis. And mind you, when I say look good, I do mean like he has to look dominant. He has to look like he is throwing his players open. He has to look like he's, um, I don't know, that they're, they're passing focused and that they don't get close and Jen have marquee step score. Uh, but yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. No, That's good. I just, i I'm, I'm a little concerned. I, uh, I traded for Slovis, uh, in a couple of leagues that I, well, one league where I'm, you know, building for the future and I've got two old quarterbacks. I, I, I traded a couple veterans for, for Slovis as a, as a Debbie asset. And, uh, man, I have not been super thrilled with the start of the year, <laughs> Eh, I think you'll be fine. Yeah. Anything you want to talk about before we jump into uh, the next next part of the show?
2: Yeah, everyone needs to slow their roll on this quarterback class a little bit. So 2021 is a good quarterback class. No one should be worried about it. It has two elite quarterback options, and then it is a massive tier gap for the rest of them. Um, everyone now wants Zach Wilson to be a thing. I think Zach Wilson's great. Zach Wilson is probably not going to be a thing. Everyone's Kyle Trask to be a thing. Kyle Trask might be a thing. I'd say right now, Kyle Trask is the one that I feel most confident could be a thing, Um, but I'm not confident. Uh, Mac Jones might be a thing. Not confident. Trey Lance might be a thing. Not confident. Um, I saw a Superflex mock draft that was happening on Twitter the other day, and there were six quarterbacks taken in the first 13 picks. Oh, wow. Yeah, I get it. I get that everyone wants to lock up that QB, but the truth is, if you're taking six quarterbacks in the first 13 picks of your rookie draft next year, even in a super flex, you're doing it wrong because there's a lot, you're letting a lot of wide receivers that are more valuable slip right by you for a quarterback that, let's be honest, do we think the sixth quarterback is going to be taken in the first round? No. Do you, do you think the sixth quarterback is going to be taken in the second round? Probably not. So if you're going to take a third round quarterback, cool. Good luck to you. But right. I, I think that is, that is a really, really bad play. And so everyone needs to calm down with this class.
1: Yeah. And, and maybe it's part of it is just not knowing which one is going to be that, you know, quarterback three or four taken in the, in the first round, you know, and people being willing to take their shot on maybe Trask keeps this up so or maybe Travis, Trav- Trav- so, is in but- that mock draft. So, um,
2: Travis, I'm explicitly shouting you out here. Um, you're in the trap that I think people are doing stupid things. There you
1: go. Uh, well, do you know what isn't stupid? You know, what is actually very smart is using Indeed when you are looking to hire someone. Let's be honest. 2020 has been a real doozy. It's reshaping how we think about work and how we work. Businesses across the globe are challenged to be their most efficient means, which means every hire is critical and Indeed is here to help. Indeed is the number one job site in the world with more total visits than any other job site according to Comscore. Indeed helps you find quality candidates quickly so you can focus on hiring the person you need to keep your business going. And now, Indeed's new way of matching you with candidates instantly delivers a short list of quality candidates whose resumes on Indeed match your job criteria that you can connect the moment you sponsor a job, making Indeed the only job site that can move as fast as you do. So right now, Indeed is offering our listeners a free $75 credit to boost your job post, which means more quality candidates will see it fast. Try Indeed out right now with this free $75 credit at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. This is the best offer available anywhere. Go right now to Indeed.com slash BlueWire. This offer is valid through December 31st. Terms and conditions apply. All right, Matt, take us through our week 11 recap. We were and continue to be absolutely on fire. Yeah, I mean, it's after it was that stretch that we had, but it was like
2: three or four weeks where we were just kind of atrocious. Yeah, hope you stuck through it uh, through that time um, because it, it's gotten better. So I went six, one and one on the week. That brings me up to 29, two or 29, 22 and three for the year. So uh, on my week, I had Nebraska and Purdue under 50 and a half. Total only hit 47. Penn State, Nebraska under 55 and a half. Total only hit 53. Uh, Wisconsin minus three and a half. And I told you on the podcast, I said I would have taken it up to 10. Um, They covered by, what is that, 38? 38?
1: Yeah. You meant tenfold. Tenfold three and a half.
2: (laughs) Uh, USC and Arizona at under 68 never really got close. Um, BC plus 14. And I also had the over 49 and a half in that game against Notre Dame. They pushed on the plus 14, um, which I was a little lucky to catch a push there, but whatever easily covered the 49. Uh, UC against ECU on Friday night, minus 27 and a half, another fairly comfortable win. Um, and then army Tulane, lane, my only loss of the week. I told you to take under 48 total hit 50. i I'm going to be honest, I feel like my process was right on that one because the only reason I lost on this under was because of a lateral on a kickoff return that was returned for a score. I I'm going to be honest, I've watched the video like 3 times of it. Um still not fully sure what happened, but <laughs> yeah, it's yeah, a weird I, one. It was a uh, it's one that you're going to watch a couple times and go, "All right, my process was fine. I don't feel terrible." So, like I said, 6-1 one and 1 on the week, 29 22 and 3. Uh I believe that puts me I'm like plus 4.8 units on the year, so very solid.
1: Yeah, Uh you you did you did well. You also went 3 and 1 on our regular slate, which was really good. Uh, I went 3 and 1 in the regular slate as well. We're both at 30 and 21 on those games, so we're we're crushing those. Um I also had a good week with the with the locks. I went 6 and 1 this week. Um, I'm up to 31 and 26 on the season. All I needed was the Pac-12 to come back. And all of a sudden, I am able to pick games again. Um, my my card was uh, was pretty good. I had a couple of Pac-12 games canceled. Uh, my one loss was Oregon State at Washington. I was a little bit uh, surprised. I actually stayed up very late to watch this Pac-12 after dark, as I am known to do. Uh, Washington just does not look very dynamic uh, running. I mean, trying to throw the football. They're very content to just run the ball. So they're definitely a team that I'm I'm kind of highlighting and lowering expectations from an offensive perspective. Oregon State did surprise me a little bit. We'll talk more about both these teams, I'm sure, throughout the uh, podcast. Uh, my wins were Iowa minus three and a half at Minnesota. They uh, absolutely dominated 35 to seven. Indiana minus seven at Michigan State. They won 24 nothing. I was sweating Fresno State for a minute there, but they ended up pulling out a pretty comfortable win, 35-16 against Utah State. I was also on Wisconsin minus three and a half, um, easy. Florida minus 17 against Arkansas. That ended up being a, a pretty easy one, 63, 35. And then of course, uh, my ducks covered, uh, looked pretty shaky in the first half. They had a bunch of turnovers. They ended up turning it on in the second half. The line was 10 when I got it, but they ended up winning 43, 29. So even if you took that one late when it was at 13, uh, you were fine. So a uh, pretty good week on our locks. We did pretty good on our upsets too. Uh, we both we we both got one of them. You were at Miami uh, plus 105. That one landed, and of course, I gave you Colorado at Stanford at plus 210. And Colorado uh, took care of business. I'm not sure if Stanford is bad or Colorado was good, or if it's maybe probably uh, a little bit of both. Uh, maybe Colorado is not good as much as just better than expected. But uh, let's get into the review of uh, the main slate of games that we went through. Let's start off with Penn State at Nebraska. We both were on Penn State. This was our one loss on the week. Uh, Penn State ends up losing 23 to 30. Uh, what did you think of this one? I did not watch a down of this game, but uh, I was I was curious to see how Luke McCaffrey did. So so watching the highlights, he looked pretty good. But what did you think of this one?
2: So I was shocked to see, it seems like McCaffrey's the starter now. So it does seem like now Luke McCaffrey is fully taken over from Adrian Martinez in that spot. I And I will tell you, I think it's probably the right move. He seems to be Adrian Martinez, but a little bit better at everything. So- I think you picked the right guy to watch. Um, I'm going to just be honest and say I'm really disappointed for Penn State in this game because they pretty much lost the game in the first quarter uh, when they gave away a free 10 points. Sean Clifford threw an interception inside his own half that led to... Uh, I think that led to seven points for Nebraska. and that No, that led to a field goal for Nebraska. And then pretty much... I think it might've even been their next drive, but their next drive, he fumbles the ball at the 26 and it's a scoop and score for Nebraska. So yeah, Sean Clifford got benched in this game. It does look like Will. I mean, I hope they just decide to move on, move forward with Will Levis because something seems broken with Sean Clifford. If you're a right. Penn State fan, I kind of don't know what to tell you. Like it, it seems like you are catching every bad break and that your team isn't bad because you keep, I mean, I think the score in this game at one point was 27 to three and they climbed all the way back to having, I mean, 30 to 23 is, is a bad loss, but it's not atrocious. It's a whole lot better than what it looked like it was going to be. So I, I mean, I don't know what to say. Penn state still looks really talented. They still look like they're probably in the top like four or five talent teams in the conference, but boy, do they not play like it particularly early because I mean, they got, They kind of got housed by this Nebraska team. And yeah, if you're a Nebraska fan, be excited because Luke McCaffrey really might be the real deal. But
1: I also said that about Adrian Martinez. So who knows if I (laughs) am. Right. Um, Yeah. Interesting for sure. It was, uh, yeah, it's it's tough to be a Penn State fan right now. I I agree with what you said earlier. I don't think they should make a coaching change uh, by any means. I think this might just be one of those lost seasons that you just have to be like, well, uh, let's uh, let's regroup and try again next year when we have you know normal a normal setting and maybe you can figure out uh, a better solution at quarterback. Uh, let's uh, let's stay in the uh, Big Ten. We had Wisconsin at Michigan. Uh, Wisconsin minus four and a half on the road. We both picked Wisconsin and they uh, covered pretty easily, forty nine to eleven. I was looking at Nakia Watson, the running back. He he had a, a fine day, twelve for sixty five and two touchdowns. Nothing too. Nothing too spectacular. What did you think of Graham Mertz? He was a guy you were watching in this one.
2: I mean, they, they used him pretty sparing. They didn't want to throw him the, uh, throw him to the wolves. They really didn't want to make this a, a a huge passing game. I, I think he got pretty much what you should have expected out of this one, which was they, they went back to their roots. They became we're Wisconsin, we're going to beat the crap out of you in the way that we're going to beat or the way that we're going to try and run up the score. So, I mean, it was, it was adequate for Mertz and it was good when you consider the fact that he hasn't seen a football field in 21 days. Um, yeah, I, I mean, overall good performance. I do want to point out that while, uh, Nakia Watson had, uh, 65 yards and two touchdowns, uh, Jalen Berger is starting to, uh, emerge as a meaningful part of the back. He did have 15 carries yep. for 87 yards. Um pretty excited about that. I'm I I think this Wisconsin team has some upside this year. I think you should be excited to see what they can do because they're definitely going to be the, assuming there isn't some stupid rule in the big 10 that keeps them from being a part of it. Um, them against Ohio state will be a really fun Big 10 championship game.
1: Oh yeah. They, they, they're very fun. Uh, their offense looks, um, looks good which is fun for a change Uh, maybe that's a a cheap shot i don't know uh but i don't remember wisconsin being a fun offense since russell wilson was there um yeah they uh they look good michigan continues to struggle i'm not exactly sure uh what is going on with michigan but i'm on a a pretty solid fade on 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 them for the for the remaining games of this of this season uh arkansas traveled to florida where they were 17 point dogs and they we're not able to uh, keep it within that score, losing 35 to 63. We are both on Florida. We were on the right side of this. Man, Kyle Trask is really putting up uh, just crazy numbers. He's, he's got to be um, on everyone's short list for, for the Heisman. This week, he did it without Pitts, showing that he can really um, be successful no matter who he's got out there. Uh, you said to be at the beginning of the year you weren't in love with the, the, the offensive weapons outside of Pitts uh, the receivers didn't impress you all that much. The running backs you continue to poop on, and uh, yet Florida puts up 63 against a pretty good Arkansas defense, and uh, and Trask is a big reason why. So I, I'm I'm kind of falling in love with with Kyle Trask more and more every week. And uh, yeah, big game for him again. I was watching Damian Pierce in this one. He he only uh, got 12, uh, but he had a very nice 69 yards. Uh, what did, what did you think of this game? And, and what do you think of of Florida? Do you think they're a legit SEC and maybe playoff contender? Yes. I mean, obviously they're a legit SEC contender. I mean, do you think they have a shot to win the SEC? No. And do you think they're a playoff contender? No. (laughs) So my short
2: answers, I don't think this team beats Alabama. Uh, I just don't. I think Alabama is a little bit more set in stone what they are. Uh, They do play a little bit of defense. I think that a game against Alabama probably goes somewhat similarly to the Texas A&M game. Sure. Sure. Because we kind of forget that, yes, Florida eventually ran away and hid from Georgia, but Georgia was up 14-0. The difference with an Alabama is Alabama's not going to let off the gas. They're not going to slow down. They're not going to not score on those drives. So if you fall behind and you don't score early against, against Alabama, then you're just playing catch-up the whole game. So it's, it'll be very difficult. Um, with regards to um, them being for the playoff, It's just going to be hard with two losses, and I don't see a way that they, like I said, I don't see a way they beat Alabama, and that's, is it possible? If they beat Alabama, heck yes. I want to see them. I would love to see them play. They're a lot of fun to watch, but no, I don't really think much of them. As a playoff contender, they're probably like the sixth or seventh best team in the country, which isn't an insult, but um, and that's only based on rankings, because if you have them matched up against Notre Dame, I think they can probably beat Notre Dame. If you have them matched up against... Um, heck, I think they might be a bad matchup for Clemson. Like this, is, they're just a really interesting team. And I, I'm, I'm going to be interested to see when they do play Alabama, because that's probably their nightmare matchup.
1: Yeah. Yeah, no, I think that's fair. Uh, they have looked really fun offensively, but yeah, that defense is a liability. Um, let's go to the last game we, we previewed last week, Oregon 43 at Washington state. Um, the line was 10. They ended up winning by, uh, 14 it looked kind of dicey for a while at one point, Oregon, uh, late in the four, uh, excuse me, late in the second quarter, they were down 19 seven with, uh, 24 seconds left. And, uh, it, they were able to, uh, to, to score a touchdown to, to get it close. Um, and they taking the lead at halftime, but it, it was looking a little dicey for a while there, uh, mainly because of a bunch of turnovers. Uh, again, that has been the issue for, for this team is, is early turnovers. Tyler Shuck had, uh, had, on a pick earlier in the game and there was a couple of fumbles but they uh they prevailed they looked really good uh cj verdell who i was watching looked absolutely outstanding he uh had 18 carries for 118 yards and a touchdown uh he also had a had 36 yards on uh five receptions uh was really impressed was really impressed by him uh travis Dye, the backup running back also was impressive he uh he had 87 (laughs) 87 yards on two receptions, one of them was for a 71-yard touchdown on like a, on a wheel route to kind of ice the game. Uh, he looked really, really fantastic. It was a perfect pass by uh, Tyler Shuck as well. Uh, really good. Uh, Max Borgie, who you were hoping to watch, did not get in the game. He should be playing for Washington State this week. I'm guessing you probably didn't watch much of this one, but Oregon, offensively, looks really, really good. I've been a little bit concerned with their defense, though. What makes you think I didn't watch it? Because it's well beyond my bedtime. Well, and because you don't like Pac-12
2: as much as I do. So... I think I watched part of the first half. I did actually turn this game on for a little bit. Um, yeah, it wasn't super interested. We'll say that I can. I actually continue to be impressed-ish by Jaden DeLora. Um, yes. I think that, again, it's probably a good thing that Mike Leach is gone because Mike Leach makes quarterbacks seem like they're not as reasonable, even if they're basically running the same scheme that they would have been running. And I don't care, but Delora looks like he is an interesting guy. Um, yeah, I mean, true freshman getting a lot of reps. I
1: like to see it. Yeah, and I'm guessing you knew this, but you you did know that he was um, recruited by Ohio State, right? No. Yeah he 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 was recruited by Ohio State. Uh, he he went to the same high school as Marcus Mariota, uh, but he chose Washington State instead. He probably wasn't going to be getting. Went, like, Do you know
2: the actual story? Didn't I talk about this last week? <laughs>
1: did you really? Yeah,
2: I talked. To, yes, he was recruited yeah. by Ohio State. And uh, uh, yeah, he was kind of our backup on the off chance that CJ Stroud. Uh,
1: OK, now now that now that rings a bell. Yeah. <laughs> I'd listen to like, you when you speak. I good, promise
2: like, He was actually he was a guy we liked to. We would have accepted him had he chosen to commit, but we were pretty much pushing Ohio. I keep saying we, but whatever. I don't care. Ohio State was largely like telling him to take his time with the recruitment, but keeping him. Uh, involved, we were one of the earlier teams to get involved in his recruitment. Um, but then, we were also pursuing CJ Stroud at the same time, who was a five-star quarterback. So, yes, yeah. yes, he chose Washington State over Ohio State because he would have been the third
1: quarterback in Ohio State's class. So. Right. I I also think if I was a recruiter, I would recruit every anyone from Hawaii just so I had an excuse to to, to travel out out west and enjoy some uh, some beautiful uh, some beautiful Hawaii weather and beaches. Um, let's take a quick break. We're gonna hear from our colleagues over at Rotoviz, Let you know what uh, deals we have for you there. We will be back with you in just about forty five seconds.
0: What's up, listeners? This is Curtis Patrick. I just wanted to stop by. And say thank you for supporting Rotoviz Radio. You are the absolute best audience in the business, and I know it. As a special thank you, I'm offering 10% off your next Rotoviz subscription. Just use code 2020 RV Radio at checkout. That's right. Go to Rotoviz.com, click Subscribe, and enter code 2020 RV Radio at checkout for 10% off. You can even extend your subscription. Oh, and one more thing. If you haven't ever done it, please rate and review the podcast you're listening to right now on Apple Podcasts. It's really easy. It only takes like 10, 15 seconds. Just do it. We'd love
1: to hear your feedback. Now, back to the show. All right, we are back. Let's get into the week 12 preview. We have a lot of fun games to talk about. Fortunately, some of the juicy ones that I wanted to get into are postponed. They were more just fun offensive games that I thought would be uh, fun to talk about. But let's let's start with Indiana at Ohio State. Big number here. Ohio State favored by almost three touchdowns at 20 and a half points. What do you think here, and who do you want to watch? Um,
2: My heart is going to make this pick for me, because the statistics right now will tell you that Ohio State should not be favored by three touchdowns. Ohio State's defense has a lot of question marks and particularly in the passing defense area, which is surprising considering that they did return a, what was expected to be a first round cornerback in Sean Wade. And they did have all of this, I guess, looming five-star talent there. And they brought back a secondary minded quarterback or um, defensive coordinator. So all of that goes to say, I'm going to pick Ohio State largely because of I think you're going to get a pretty focused team coming in off of a bye week. I think you're going to get a team that is really wanting to show that they are they can play two halves because the big issue that there's been in this with this Ohio State team has been they sort of let their foot off the gas. Against Rutgers, everyone was like, oh man, that really wasn't a great performance in the second half. Against Penn State, it was a blowout win that all of a sudden it was like, hmm, this is a little bit closer than it seems. So I think this is a team that is motivated to finish a game. And while I don't think they're going to go for the like 45 point blowout of a game, I do think there's a decent chance that they try and win this game by about four touchdowns. So maybe it's a little bit heart driven. I just, I think Indiana for as good as they are their their wins really aren't that impressive. Um, And I, I do think that this Ohio state team has another gear that we haven't seen yet. So I'm going to take Ohio State. Uh, the players I'm watching, I have two of them. Uh, Jameson Williams, he is a wide receiver. He's the th- like wide receiver three in uh, this offense. He's a speedster. I think he's going to find spaces to get loose. And then uh, the running back three, Steel Chambers, because I just think he is. he's actually been like the most efficient of all the running backs on the team so far. And um, with Trey Sermon kind of looking like, not, I don't want to say a bust because he's already been proven good in his career but just not really living up to the expectations that they brought him in with um i think you'll start to see a little bit more steel chambers each week
1: yeah that's that's interesting i actually uh completely agree with your um kind of analysis of what will likely take place i think it's a a good call <laughs> you were talking about earlier how ohio state's just been kind of fuming having their game canceled last week. I, I think they're going to go out and try to prove a point. I don't think they're going to let back or uh, yeah, keep their foot off the gas. I think they're going to try to score quickly and often. Um, so I think Ohio state covers fairly easily. Um, you know, maybe, maybe Indiana gets the backdoor cover on some, uh, on some garbage time points, but I'm, you know, I'm not going to count on that, but I do want to watch uh, Ty Ty fry He has been absolutely crushing of late. Um, he had 11 receptions for 200 yards and two touchdowns against Michigan State. Against Michigan, he went uh, seven receptions for 142 and a touchdown. So he's been absolutely balling um, as of late, and I'd like to see what he can do against uh, better competition. And uh, you know, I, th- I think Ohio State knows where they're going to be trying to focus their passing game, and I- I'm curious to see if uh, Fry Fogle can, uh, can overcome that or not. So, so that's what I'm going to be leaning on in this one. Let's move over to uh, a big, a big, big game. We've got Cincinnati. At UCF, UCF um, getting six points here. Do you think Cincinnati is able to win this game by a touchdown? Yeah.
2: I I mean, I don't understand why this game is any different than SMU or Memphis or ECU. um, Other than the fact that UCF plays a little bit faster, but UCF, UCF is also very prone to make dumb mistakes. So they shoot themselves in the foot a whole lot. UC doesn't do that. UC is very just good. They're, they don't make mistakes. They don't really let up. And they've been able to stop every offense that's been put in front of them. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I, I don't really see a way this... I, I think this game looks very similar to SMU. And see wins it going away. Player I'm watching is Jerome Ford. It's been nice to see him actually kind of cut into Jared Doak's work. Um, he's, I think, again, I, I've said this a few times. I think he's the most talented of the bunch in that like running back room. And I think whenever he starts to become the leaders, when that offense is really going to open up.
1: Yeah. I'm also in Cincinnati. We're, we're kind of lockstep uh, again this week, which has been working out well for us. Um, I think Cincinnati's just a phenomenal team. I think they're ranked number seven right now. I think they are wanting to prove a point. I think they want to come out here and show like, they deserve to be in that playoff discussion. I don't think it'll happen, but I don't think they're going to uh, let up. Their defense has been really good. Now, UCF's offense is, you know, dynamic, but they, they've they had a lot of struggles this year. Um, I mean, they I say that they've only lost two games. But for a team that uh, likes to consider themselves, um, you know, national championship caliber team, uh, that's that's not really what they're wanting to do. I'm going to be watching Dylan Gabriel again. Um, he's been so fun this year, and he has just been torching bad defenses. I'm curious what he can do against a good Cincinnati defense, uh, kind of similar to my uh, Fogel one earlier. I'm, I'm curious what G- Gabriel's going to be able to do uh, through the air as well as uh, on the ground with his legs. So uh, he's the guy I want to watch. Uh, he's going to have to be damn near perfect uh, if he wants to, uh, to to pull this upset at home. Uh, I don't think he'll be able to do it though. So I'm leaning Cincinnati on this one. I don't think I have the level of competence you do. I'm curious if this is in your locks later, uh, but let's move on. We've got Wisconsin at Northwestern plus seven. Uh, this one's an interesting one. We've got Northwestern who's been winning lots of games uh, close. And then Wisconsin who has only played uh, two games, but they have won them both in just uh, pretty enormous fashion. Nothing close p- scoring up, scoring in the forties winning by tons of points. Uh, how do you see this one going? Where you, where are you going to, where are you going to land on this?
2: I'm taking Wisconsin. I think Wisconsin is a better team. I think they have more explosiveness in their offense. And I think that they are a, um, really just a, an overall better team. I think this Northwestern team is good. I think the addition of Peyton Ramsey has been a real positive for their offense. They don't look, I mean, we're, we're talking about a Northwestern team that last year averaged, I believe 19 points per game. And Mm -hmm. now all of a sudden they're, I mean, they're not a great offense, but they're definitely not the worst in the Big Ten. They're not even among probably the bottom four in the Big Ten. So, I I I think Wisconsin. I actually I say this. I have less confidence in this pick than I did against did before um, last week against Michigan, who I think Michigan is probably more talented. Um, yeah, I, I'm going to be watching Peyton Ramsey. I just want to see what he does. Wisconsin right now is. Um, in their two games have been like arguably the best defense in the country. So just interested to see if Ramsey can do anything. Um, But yeah, I I'm probably just taking Wisconsin, but with not a huge amount of confidence.
1: Yeah, I'm, I'm taking Wisconsin too. And I, I feel pretty good about this one. Uh I don't think Northwestern's seen quite the comp. No, I'm not that Wisconsin seems. Tons of competition, but they've been blowing teams out. Northwestern's been kind of squeaking through, which I know that's Northwestern football. Uh, the player I'm watching in this one is the junior tight end for Wisconsin, Jake Ferguson. Uh, he's only got 11 receptions uh, in the two games so far, but he does have four touchdowns already. Um, I'm just curious to see if he can keep that going, to see what kind of involvement he's going to have in this uh, in this offense. And I'm always I'm always curious about tight ends. Uh, seeing what they can, seeing what they can do, because we have so few just elite level guys that we can uh, rely on in fantasy football. Uh, and so I'm always curious if when I see a guy getting this kind of work, uh, if it can, uh, if it can be sustainable. Uh, let's move on to Bedlam. We got Oklahoma State traveling to Norman, Oklahoma. We've got the Sooners as a seven point favorite. Bedlam, though, man, rivalry game, lots on the line. I feel like I haven't seen either of these two play teams play in like three months. Um, what do you think is going to happen in this one?
2: so i I just flipped this because I did think initially that Oklahoma State was gonna keep this close because I thought their defense was gonna play well. I still think their defense will probably play well, but I think this is sort of like Georgia, Alabama, like Florida, Georgia, like all these games where it's great offense against questionable offense with a good defense. Oklahoma's gonna find spots where they eventually just break open the dam and they're gonna score points and I don't know if this Oklahoma State team is equipped to score enough, which is weird to say about Oklahoma State, but boy, is their offense just not that impressive this year. So, um, yeah, I'm I'm just gonna go with this is a little bit gut feeling here. I'm gonna I'm gonna take Oklahoma to win, and I'm gonna be watching Ramondre Stevenson, who got back from suspension a couple weeks ago. He's been I don't want to say a bell cow back, but he's been very solid for them. So I think he's going to be, have another solid outcome or another solid
1: game. Yeah, I'm with you. I'm taking Oklahoma. I'm going to talk more about this game a little bit later. A little uh, spoiler alert for you there. Um the guy I'm watching is Marvin Mims. He's currently uh, tied for the lead. Oh no, he's right behind Theo Wiese, um in receptions. He's got 25 to to uh, Weiss's 26 receptions, but he leads the team in yards with 418 and touchdowns with seven. I've been talking about him a lot, but I'm curious what his role will be like now that um, Hazelwood is back in the fold. Curious if he's still going to have that downfield stretching opportunity that he, he's he been having so far. So he's someone I definitely want to be looking at to see if his, uh you know, he is just a freshman. I'm curious if he's going to be able to keep his his role in the offense. I, I'm really hoping so because he is a, a really fun player, someone I'm, I'm really high on. Uh, let's move to our last game on the docket here. We've got USC At Utah, Utah plus three. Hopefully this game gets played. Hopefully Utah gets to play their first game of the year. USC, as we've talked about, kind of squeaked through two two games to get two wins. Have not looked dominant as we had hoped. You mentioned earlier that Utah has uh, nine new uh, players on on defense, which could be uh, difficult. They've also lost a bunch of um, key players on offense, Zach Moss and their quarterback, of course, both both, um, no longer there. So lots of changes on Utah. How do you see this one playing out? I'm taking USC. Um, USC's defense has been okay. Uh, It hasn't been amazing,
2: but it's been okay. Um, And I think they're probably going to force some interceptions against Utah's QB, Jake Bentley, who is um, not a good quarterback. He's not Tyler Huntley. He doesn't run like Tyler Huntley. And I, I question whether or not this Utah offense will be able to do a whole lot this game. And If while Utah is replacing nine starters on defense, Kyle Whittingham is really good at coaching defense. Um, I kind of have no doubt that they're going to be a good defense. They haven't for the past five straight years. They've allowed less than 24 points per game. I just don't see a way where this is a um, like a blowout game. But at the same time, I think uh, USC wins this game pretty handily just because I I can't see Utah scoring.
1: Okay, um, I'm on the other side of this one. So I'm on Utah uh, plus three. I'm not sure if they uh, get the full out win, but I just can't trust USC at this point to to put up um, an, an offensive game plan that is actually going to uh, put anyone away. I would kind of love to be wrong and see Slovis actually look like the uh, caliber player that we were hoping he would be. So he is a player I'm going to be uh, kind of tuning into and, and seeing what he can produce. I'm also curious what this Utah defense looks like with all this turnover, but I'm on Utah uh, with the three points and I'm curious to see how this one goes. I think this one's going to be really interesting. I kind of wish we would have seen Utah earlier, so I'd have a better feel for this one. Um, But they've got a lot of tape on USC and USC has got nothing on them. So who knows? Maybe we'll uh, maybe that'll make a difference. Uh, But we just want to let you guys know um, that if you're looking to bet on these games, uh, we've got our locks coming up for you in just a minute and One of the places we love to bet is uh, with our friends at betonline.ag. They have all kinds of great opportunities uh, and possibilities for you to win this season from game spreads and totals to team, player, and coaching props. BetOnline gives you more options to wager than anywhere else. You can bet on futures. You can bet on absolutely anything. I know a lot of you guys had a lot of fun with the Masters. Um, Head to BetOnline today. Take advantage of all their great signup bonuses. And don't forget to use the code BLUEWIRE when you head over to betonline.ag, that's Blue Wire, all one word. Uh, BetOnline is your online sportsbook experts. Now, my friend, let us get into our locks. You can go first because uh because I've been talking too much.
2: I always talk too much. That doesn't seem like a real reason. Um, <laughs> so, as the show's been progressing, I've added a whole bunch to this. Okay. Oh, um, I will say that my analysis on a lot of these is not super duper thorough, but. I have reasons for all of them, but let's start with the game. We just talked about, uh, Utah and USC. I'm taking the under on 58. Uh, so far on the year, USC is 0-2 on unders. Utah is replacing a quarterback and a running back. And they come from a team that wants to run a very slow paced offense. None of that is really conducive to scoring a lot of points. And because of that, I'm going to be just saying this game stays under 58.
1: I like it. I uh, actually, we were talking about this game a little bit before the show and you, you mentioned that. And I think that is absolutely the right side of it. Um, Did you know that Saturday, the big game of, I mean, the big day of all these games, did you know that's my birthday? I didn't. It is. It is my birthday. And you know what I want for my birthday? I want Oregon to destroy Chip Kelly and, UCLA. and guess what? They're going to. I found the line at 13 and a half. It's been moving in a favorable favorable direction. Uh, the Ducks have been absolutely outstanding offensively, specifically running the ball. They have uh, rushed for over 530 um, yards. I think they're exactly like 538 in just two games. So they're moving the ball on the ground, which is what they like to do. Um, and they have been good enough through the air. Uh, Micah Pittman has uh, missed last game. He might be playing this one, which would give them a nice um Another downfield threat, which I think would be really good. Uh, UCLA are one and four against the spread, uh, in their last five conference games. I like it. Um, in the last, uh, in the last six, what's that? You can get it at 13. Oh, yeah. I'll take it at 13. That sounds lovely. Um, in the last, uh, their last six games, the average margin of victory, uh, has been 22 points for Oregon. So I think they're, uh, yeah, I think it's gonna be good. Um, back to that, uh, rushing offense for the ducks. It really matches up well against UCLA's uh, struggles uh, stopping the ball that are 65th first, to run in, in through the first two games. Um, I'm also going to take under 67 in this game because uh, while the, uh, the offense has been, uh, you know, good, they've, they've been slow out the gate. So I think another slow start, I don't think UCLA is going to be able to do much offensively against this defense, which is getting better as the season goes on. Uh, So that number keeps moving up. I'm going to wait until game time to see if it gets up to 68. Uh, But I love it at 67 Um, Oregon unders have hit six out of their last eight when they are favorite at home. So a home favorite under is what I like to see with Oregon. So give me the ducks minus 13 and under 67. I'm kind of disappointed. I,
2: part of me was about to jump in and fight you on this one um, because I, I think there's a lot of scoring in this game and I'm tempted by it, but Oregon is kind of a slow offense. Uh, through two games right now, you guys are averaging 25.36 seconds per play, which ranks 52nd in the nation. A um, little bit slower than I actually thought they'd be. UCLA is ninth in the country, at 22.4 seconds per play. Um, yeah, I'm not going to jump in and fight you on it, but I thought about it.
1: All right. All right. <laughs> All right. You're up.
2: There's another game we already talked about. <laughs> Yeah. Cincinnati. Uh, I've found this number as low as four and a half, and I'm going to take this game. Oh, wow. Four and a half. Uh, I'm going to double check this line and make sure I could still get it at four and a half, but, uh, Cincinnati's going to roll. Um, they are five and two against the spread they've covered. I think their last. Yep. I can still find it four and a half. I think they've covered their last three games pretty comfortably. I don't see a, a way where this goes against them. Um, UCF is, I think they were in the bottom 10 of penalties um, for the year. They're getting about 78 yards of penalties per game. Now, mind you, UC is actually pretty heavily penalized as well, but I kind of don't care. I think this is a bad matchup for UCF. This is the kind of team that just stifles them. So give me Cincinnati minus four and a half.
1: Perfect. Um, Yeah, that one, that one's going to be so interesting. Uh, I think, I, I kept looking at the over in that one, but uh, decided, I decided I just don't know what Cincinnati is going to be able to. Like, I don't know if their defense is going to be able to stop them or not. Um, I, I I could see that one getting up there, but I'm not playing that one. Uh, the next one I am going to play is um, staying in the Pac-12. I got Washington State at Stanford. I think the wrong team is uh, favored in this one. Stanford is favored by two and a half points. I don't really understand why. Uh, s and Plus uh, agrees with me. So so that that felt great. Um, I like what Rolovich has been doing so far, uh, especially considering how difficult it's been with injuries and, and COVID limitations. I think the first week they were out, they, they had 30 guys out. Borgie uh, hasn't been, hasn't been there and he should be back this, this week. And as we talked about, I've been really impressed with uh, Jaden Delora. He's uh, throwing right around 60%. He's got four touchdowns to one interception. Um, he's, he's looked really good. He, he, he really seems to have a good grasp of the offense. And as a freshman, I think he's just going to continue to get better. Um, Stanford are zero and six against the spread in the last six games. Uh, meanwhile, Washington state are five and O against the spread in the last five games against Stanford. And they've straight up won four of those games. So, uh, I like Washington state plus two and a half. And you know, I, uh, can say it now, although I could save it for later, but, uh, I, I think you, uh, you could put money line on this one if you wanted to, I'm not going to do it. I'm going to take the two and a half points, uh, but a money line bet would not be, uh, would not be against the, uh yeah, it would be, a, it would be a good choice. That's all I'm saying. All I'm saying.
2: I like it. Uh I would agree with you on that. I think Washington state probably should be favored, but because they're a road dog. Yeah. I think you're, I think that's where you're getting the value is because they're on the road. Um I'm going to go with a little bit of bedlam here. Um I, I, I used to, I remember the good old days when I used to pick trash football, but whatever, I guess I'm going to go with a big 12 game uh, Oklahoma and Oklahoma state, the total right now, you can get it fifty-eight and a half. um, shop around because that will be the lowest you can find. Um, Oklahoma is five and two on overs this year, and they tend to be good at scoring points. Like you said, they're getting Hazelwood back. I don't know if he'll be amazing right out the gates, but I think he'll be really good. Um, I think there's a lot of points. I think this game turns into a bit of a shootout. I really don't have a ton of analysis on this one, other than the fact that I really like Oklahoma at home, um, even though this isn't really home. Um, getting to score a lot of points.
1: Yep, I'm I'm on this game too. Uh, I like the overplay, to be honest with you, but I'm actually on um, Oklahoma minus seven in this one. I think they're gonna pretty much <laughs> roll. Uh, I think Oklahoma State has, uh, has fought really hard to be in a lot of these games. They've they've squeaked out a bunch of good wins, but as you and I have talked about, they've really um, struggle with their offensive line uh spencer sandler spencer Sanders, as, as fun as he is uh still makes a lot of mistakes throws a lot of interceptions meanwhile uh, spencer rattler has really gotten quite a bit better he's controlling the offense much more um OU starting off kind of rough against the spread but they are uh four and one against the spread in the last five games uh, meanwhile oklahoma state versus oklahoma are one and four against the spread in their last five and many of those with much larger lines than just uh, one touchdown so give me oklahoma minus seven lock it up
2: i like it i'm gonna end my this is my last game that is in our preview picks because apparently i just wanted to pick all of them um i swear i'm not a homer I swear i'm not a homer ohio state minus minus ten and a half in the first half against indiana i swear i'm not a homer you can be a homer i don't even care if i'm a homer or i'm not a homer i think that ohio state comes out the gates fast i think they try and put up a lot of points early while i do think indiana's offense is going to give ohio state some troubles i don't really think that's gonna um keep this from being a multi-score game and because of that i think ohio state probably leads by somewhere in the 13 to 17 point range in the first half so because I feel fairly confident that's where it's going to be give me 10 and a half in the first half
1: yeah I like that so much I was actually uh so usually we put our blocks on the same page so we can see what each other's doing this week I I did it uh incognito I, I did it on a different sheet just so that you could take whatever games you wanted to, because I know sometimes you're like, oh, Stave's on it, I'll, I'll move on somewhere else. But I was trying to put Ohio State first half, but I couldn't find the number anywhere because I was doing this on Monday morning. And uh, that's when I started my research. So, And then I just forgot to look back and circle around to it. So I like that you have it on there. Uh, I won't put it on mine, but it's definitely, it's got the Stéphane LeCoe endorsement. Um, my next one, I'm going to stick in the Big Ten. We've already talked about this game. I want wisconsin um, what's the best number we can get on this one? Seven. Is that what we said earlier? Uh, yeah. So give me Wisconsin minus seven. I, I see that the, uh, the total has moved, um, as well down. Uh, so I went over 43 and a half. Uh, Wisconsin has been putting up 40 plus points in all of their games. Uh, I didn't do a whole lot of research on this one, to be honest with you, not near as much as I had on the other, the line just looked off to me. I'm not a huge Northwestern believer. Uh, they've been squeaking through wins. I think Wisconsin rolls pretty easily. I think Northwestern's able to score enough, though, that uh the over will definitely be in play. I don't see this being too lopsided. So give me Wisconsin minus seven and over 43 and a half. I'm double dipping quite a few times this week, as you can see. You got games that you feel good about. I tend to never feel good about
2: games. Um here's what game. Well, you know,
1: we're 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 on a we're on a roll right now. Like we're on fire. So I'm just I'm staying in the flames, staying hot. You know, some people might say, you know, don't, don't push your luck. You're doing well. Just pick your two favorites. I'm saying, hell no, I'm on fire. Give me 25 picks this week. <laughs> not I, like
2: it. I was actually going to be a lighter card this week, but I'm not anymore. So whatever, uh, App State, Coastal Carolina, under 48 and a half. Both these teams run the ball more than 60% of the time. Um, they both are not good over teams. So, uh, App State one and six on their totals. So six and one on unders. Yay. Coastal Carolina—they're three and four on overs, so they're four and three on unders. I'm happy about that. I think this is going to be a game where the teams run the ball a lot. Um, I actually think that. Well, you'll you'll hear me mention this game one more time today, but uh, I am thinking this is a low-scoring game that favors the run the whole time. So
1: that means clock moving, and clock moving means under. Uh, all right, I man, I that. I'm n- unders just scare me. Uh, (laughs) I'm going to take with my next one. Um, I'm going to take Kentucky at Bama. Give me Bama minus 30. I think they're going to come out and just roll. Kentucky is not an offensive juggernaut by any means. So I like the fact that, you know, I mean, 30 is a big, a big number, uh, but it's Bama. No problem. Um, my analysis for this is sure it's not fun me taking Bama every week that they play but I like to win so give me Bama minus 30 I
2: support it Uh, I think we've talked about it a few times that uh, Bama is a team that you if you were betting on them every single week you would do very well Uh, I'm gonna make you feel gross again
1: you know, why? <laughs> we have another
2: under in the forties, Kansas state and Iowa state under 46. These are two of the slowest offenses in all of college football. They both lean really heavily into the running game and they both have fairly strong run defenses. All of this tells me you're going to get a lot of six and outs. You're going to get a lot of three and outs. You're going to get a lot of short drives that end with punting. Punting makes me happy when I'm on an under here. And, uh, Realistically, I just I don't think app or I don't think Kansas State is very good. I think the loss of Skylar Thompson has hurt them quite a bit and I uh, it's not October, so Brock Purdy's apparently gotten worse again, so I'm okay with this.
1: All right. Um, let's let's wash that nasty underness out of out of our mouths with a lovely over. Give me Boise State at Hawaii over 60 and a half. The uh, Boise state is averaging uh, close to 48 points in their wins. Uh, they're four or no on overs. Now they have uh Hank Bachmeyer coming back. Uh, their box score maybe was a little bit unimpressive last week against Colorado state, but that's because they didn't have to do anything. They've been scoring on um, special teams and on defense. So they have a lot of different ways that they can put the ball in the end zone. Sixties, uh, not that big of a number for, for my, uh, my Boise state team and uh, i think they'll travel to hawaii with uh, nothing but business on their mind they won't be distracted by uh, by beaches and all the others so uh, boise state at hawaii over 60 and a half well 60 unless and you can get seem like a lot 58 and a half will feel a whole lot better you got me 58 and a half you're a scholar and a gentleman thank you very much um
2: all right. I got my last one. My last one is actually my favorite one of the weekend. Um, this will be my article pick. So still go read the article because I'll give you other analysis. Um, Liberty plus three and a half against NC state. I'm going to be honest with you. I don't know how that uh, we are allowed two F bombs per show. I don't know how At least. Fuck, I don't know how the heck Liberty is uh, an underdog against NC state. They're just straight up a better team. So, um, On offense, NC State has an offensive success rate of 40.9, that is below average. They lean into the run where they only have a 39.1% success rate. Uh, They get stuffed on 21.4% of their run attempts, and their line only creates 2.58 line yards per attempt. The only reason NC State is like people think they're good is because they finish drives. They tend to finish their drives well when they actually get into scoring opportunities while they average 4.085 points per uh, opportunity. With that being said, they're going up against a Liberty team that has an offensive success rate of 49.1%. They uh, On their running game, which they run the ball on 62.5% of their plays, they have a success rate of 50.8%. They're stuffed on 19% of plays, so that's a little bit higher than I like. But they actually create a decent amount of line yards. They get 3.2 line yards per attempt. And they also finish their drives well with 3.875 points per attempt. And the difference in this one is... Liberty actually plays pretty respectable defense. Um, they, have a, they allow a 40.7% success rate, which is just slightly above average or slightly better than average. Um, they're pretty solid against the past, only allowing a 36.4. Um, and they tend to hold people um, from scoring, so they only allow 3.3 um, points per opportunity allowed. So I think this is probably a little bit of a close game. It's probably similar to the Virginia Tech game where... The only reason why NC State is the favorite in this is because the public is more likely to bet on NC State than Liberty. So once again, Liberty, they're they are really good. They're 6-2 against the spread. They pulled an outright upset against a Virginia Tech team that I think is better than this NC State team. Give me Liberty. I feel super confident in this one.
1: Yeah, I like this one too. I've heard you talk about them. I've heard other people talk about them. And I just heard too many people talking about Liberty that I was like, I'm going to keep this one off my card. Uh, but you mentioned Virginia Tech and and I do have a play on that game. Uh, Virginia Tech minus two and a half at Pitt. I'm also taking the over 54 and a half. Uh, Pitt, you know, we thought they might be pretty good for a while. But if you look at their wins, they've beaten one in six Florida State, one in six Syracuse, one and six Louisville and Austin P, who's 0 and three, would for a combined three and 21. They have not actually been doing that well. Um, if you look at the teams that they've played, um, they have a pretty decent uh rush defense, but of course, Vatek has a great um rushing offense. Pitt is two, five, and one uh against the spread, and they're one and four, but they're one and four in their last five. Um, in their last five, pits, if you ignore the Florida State game, uh, because Florida State should be ignored, uh, Pitt has uh, given up 30, 31, 31, and 45 points, averaging like close to 34, uh, just over 34 points per game. Uh, so these teams are also combined on 11 on five on the overs, combining for over 62 points of offense while allowing 54 points. So I feel pretty confident that both the the VATEC minus two and a half, as well as the Pitt over 54 and a half will hit. Um, so it's another double dip. I've got three of those for you guys this week. Um, I've never given you more than one. Uh, let's see how that works out. I think, I think it's good. I, I I feel pretty good about the process. I do have one more play for you, uh, this week. I know, uh, Matt, unless, unless you've added another one to your card, I, I, I don't want to go twice in a row if you've got one more. Troy minus 11 and a half against middle Tennessee. Okay. <laughs> no
2: one I just think middle Tennessee is really, really, really bad. And them going on the road against a Troy team, um, that isn't as bad. Um, I'm just, there you go feeling there and I, I kind of don't care.
1: Yeah. So UMass is usually a team that we like to target. You know, who is just as fun to target as UMass Vanderbilt Mm -hmm. Vanderbilt is they're terrible. And Florida has a lot to play for. They've got the SEC championship possibility. They're wanting to make uh, a statement for a possible playoff berth. Heck, even, heck, who says heck? Hell, even Kyle Trask is trying to play for a Heisman. He's not looking at, they don't have a look-ahead spot. They've got Kentucky up next. They are dialed in to this week. They're the sixth highest scoring offense. Vandy is 116th. Vandy's also the 105th scoring defense. Vandy is 0-3 against the spread at home. Florida will travel there and put up a million points. 31 and a half, it's a big number. I ain't scared. I'm taking two favorites that are in the 30s and I feel great about it with both Bama and Florida getting those big covers. So Florida minus 31 and a half at Vandy is my last one for y'all this week. Let's uh, let's talk about some upsets. Uh, where are you looking at uh, for, for just a nice money line opportunity this week? So I'm going to go with
2: App State. Um, I mentioned this earlier as a game that I was looking at. I don't think App State is what they normally are. I don't think this is an amazing App State team. I don't think they're this team that's going to really blow the... I mean, just blow anyone out. However, they're still 6-1 and one on the year. They are playing a Coastal Carolina team that is one of the slowest offenses in the country. Um so I don't think this, I, I mentioned, I don't think this game is going to be super high scoring. So I think it's going to be kind of a game of inches in a game where both teams are going to run the ball heavily. I think that at plus plus you're just getting too much value to not take.
1: I like that. Uh, that makes a lot of sense to me. App state's been a team that I, uh, i I was i was on then it was off then it was back on so they uh it feels good to me i like it i've got two for you this week uh i did have liberty on my list but you already put forth a really good case for them um i would go ahead and Still sprinkle a little uh little dust little fairy dust on that uh, money line at plus 145 i think that's pretty good value but the two i i'm i'm really on as uh, cal is traveling to oregon state uh Oregon State plus one fifty five. I've been really impressed with how they've played. They they may not be getting the results that you might hope for. Uh, Cal just got beat up pretty badly by UCLA on a kind of a, a crazy scheduling week. Let's see how they can recover from that. I don't know if they're going to be able to. Oregon State's looked really good. Uh, Jefferson, your boy, uh, looked really dominant uh, against um, a pretty good a pretty good uh, Oregon defense. So, uh, give me Oregon State. Excuse me, against a good Washington defense. Um, get confused with the games I was watching. Um, so, giving Oregon State plus one fifty-five, and then the other one, uh, UTSA at Southern Miss plus two seventy. So, uh, give me Southern Miss plus two seventy. I'm I'm looking up a line on one more, really quick.
2: Um, I don't know if you're looking at the show doc, but yeah, I see it. I actually have to go to a specific casino to get this because I'm going to be taking Rutgers. Um, For everyone who doesn't know this, Rutgers is incredibly difficult to bet this year because legal sports betting uh, in the United States, in New Jersey, makes it really challenging to find Rutgers lines. So I'm going to quickly find a Rutgers money line.
1: I'll look for you as well.
2: Yeah, BetOnline probably has it. I'm just looking in the wrong spot. Um, You can get Rutgers at plus 275. Um, I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think Michigan's very good, um, like at all. I don't think Rutgers is terrible. I don't think they're good, but I don't think Rutgers is terrible. I'm not um, sure. You're
1: going to want to you're going to want to head over to Bet Online and get plus 300 here, my friend. Deal. Plus 300. Uh Rutgers is I mean they're a a
2: two-score underdog. However, I think that this game is probably much closer to a pick 'em than people want to admit, and the reason why the line is pushing the way it is is once again Betting lines are not about um, who is actually the better team. It's about trying to middle action, so there's right. a lot less liability. In this spot, if you made Rutgers a favorite, a ton of money would come in on Michigan. I believe that Rutgers has a very real chance to win this game in a similar fashion to the way they beat they beat Michigan State. Um, yeah, I, I just I think it'll be an interesting game, uh, and at three to one, there's there's a lot of value there.
1: Absolutely, that's a fun one. Plus three hundred is, is is great value. Awesome, Matt. Thank you so much. Um, good stuff here. I'm excited to watch some uh, some some football on my birthday. It's going to be fantastic. Let's go, Ducks! Uh, Matt, is there anything that you would like to uh, to leave our good listeners with as we uh, close out the show here? Bye, Chris Alave. There you go. All right, we'll talk to y'all next week.
0: mypatriotsupply.com.